Good afternoon. My name is Aslan. I'm one of the uh, rotating preaching pastors here at Northwest. And so we want to welcome you. If this is your first Sunday or if you're watching online, uh, we're glad that you're with us today. I'm going to do something a little different today as I have people joining me on stage. We are in the month of go. That's the theme. We like to preach in monthly themes here to kind of stay on a topic so we have more time with it. And so uh, we've been preaching on go, that that we have been called to go into the world and share the good news of Christ and just looking at the different ways that we can do that. And so today is really going to be a continuation of last week's. Pastor Peter uh, last week talked on uh, going with good news, and it was an excellent sermon. So if you were not here, I encourage you to go home and listen to it. Um, I'm going to be referencing his teaching quite often throughout this sermon, so, you, so don't feel left out, but you can, you can go home <clears throat> and listen to it. So last week, he taught on this scripture, Jesus' last instructions from Mark, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. So he kind of just basically took each word in that sentence and we looked and dissected it and really looked at what it meant for us today. So I'm going off really his last point, number five, which was the good news. And he talked about how the news in you must be good and that the things God is doing in your life, that's what you are to be out sharing with others. And so as he was talking last week and as I thought about it this week, I think that we take for granted that that Christians just know what their testimony is and feel confident sharing it. But I have been surprised over the years at how often I speak to people and they are kind of reluctant and hesitant. Like, I don't don't really know what my testimony is. I mean, I know that I'm a Christian and that I believe in God, but I wouldn't even really know how to frame that or how how to share that with people. So we're going to take a week where we kind of look at what is your testimony, how do you form it, what makes it up, and I thought instead of just teaching on it, it would be fun to hear people give their testimony. So these brave souls said yes when I texted them this week and said, will you give me a testimony? Those of you that did not respond to my text, you're going on a list, you're out there, you know who you are, but they said yes and I appreciate that. So The challenge here is that I said you only have two minutes to summarize uh, how it is that you came to Christ, which if you've ever tried to do it in two minutes, it's really challenging. So if one of their stories particularly speaks to you, please find them after and you can ask more detail and, and because they, you know, they all were texting me like, how do I say it in two minutes? I'm like, well, just do your best and then we can elaborate later if we need to. So... Um, This is just kind of something different I'm doing today. It's not always like this if you're new. So, yes, we're speaking on testimonies this week. So let's start. What is a testimony? That's kind of a churchy term, right? I mean, you hear it like in the sense of a courtroom. But in church, we'll say, oh, what's your testimony? Let me share my testimony. A testimony is simply sharing how the good news of the gospel, which we understand the good news to be that Jesus Christ came, was the perfect sacrifice for our sins, he covers our sin, gives us the opportunity to be in relationship with him. So how that good news has changed your life. So it's referring to your past, where you were when you came to faith, how you got saved, where Christ met you. But we also use that term to describe something recent, like something recently that happened that you're like, oh, this is what God just did in my life last week, or this is the revelation I just got. So when we say testimony, it could be referring to your past or to something currently, a new way that 
God has just shown himself to you. So the four of them will be sharing their um, kind of their coming to faith stories, okay? And then I'll end the day with a recent testimony personally so that we'll cover both types of testimonies. So that's what it is. What is the prerequisite for having a testimony? Who has it? It's basically the only prerequisite is to experience God on a personal level, right? Because if you are called in a courtroom and you're called to the witness stand to testify, they're not calling people up there to speculate or to give a hypothesis. The people they want on the witness stand testifying is someone who saw firsthand. I was an eyewitness testimony to this thing happening. And it's the same with uh, a Christian testimony. It is you sharing how you personally have been affected by the gospel. What has that looked like in your life? What have you seen? What have you learned? What has God spoken to your heart? So if you have had your identity changed, God has come in and rearranged your life, then you do have a testimony, whether you've ever really thought about it much or felt confident in sharing it. This uh, quote that I came across was like disturbingly (laughs) convicting. So I'm going to share it with you uh, because misery loves company. How about that? So you can join me in this. Nothing shuts the mouth, seals the lips, ties the tongue like the poverty of our own spiritual experience. So in essence, he's saying, if you feel like you don't, I don't really have a testimony. I don't have anything that I can say that God has done recently that might be a reflection of our spiritual state. So, uh, a personal experience, diving into a relationship with God, coming to faith is one thing, so you may have your testimony from when you came to faith, but every day, every week, every year, having new revelation, new testimony, that comes from spending time with God and, and really pursuing a relationship with him. So. And I'm just gonna pause right here, and anytime David and I preach, we do this, so just, you know it, you know what I'm gonna say, and we're gonna say it every time, because it's important. If you are here, and you're not a, a believer, you don't subscribe to the Christian way of faith, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you're seeking, or curious, or maybe you just said yes because your friend invited you. But this is the most important search you will ever do. And so we love that, and if, there, and if every time we say this, there's no seekers in this building and it's all just Christians, then our church is not doing its job, right? Because the church should be filled with believers and seekers, people who are just searching. I don't know what I believe and I'm trying to figure it out. So if you're here and that's you and maybe you've been coming for months and you're like, I don't know, I just, I don't know what I believe but I'm learning, I love it. Keep coming and don't give up the search and be honest in your search. There are brilliant Christian thinkers out there and you need to read their books. C.S. Lewis, there's a whole, I can give you a whole list if you find me after but really take seriously this search, and I, and I love that you're here and that you are. So let's have our first story. This is Matt Wentworth, and he's gonna share his two-minute version of coming to faith. Yeah, it's hard. My, um, my story took the course of like six or seven years, so two minutes is really... Um, when I was in high school and college, I had an offense against Christianity. I, I didn't... Um, think God was real. I considered myself to be an atheist. I was, um, didn't want anything to do with Christianity or, um, or creation. And I studied psychology in college. And if you know, like the scientific field, it's really not popular to believe in or to have faith. Um, so all, all of my professors w- would talk about evolution and all of that stuff. So, um, 
the more people tried to tell me about Christianity, the more I resisted it, the more I pushed away. There were um, two people in particular that, that reached, I don't even know who they are. One, I was walking to my car and they stopped me and started trying to tell me about God and I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, another one was in jury duty when the person next to me started telling me about God. I was like, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> My, my brother was um, actually in a small group, and the small group was at our house, and I purposely would work late on those nights so I didn't have to, to meet the people in the small group, you know, and sometimes they would wait for me to talk to me, and I would just wait in my car until they left. So like, I, I really didn't want anything to do with, with the faith. Um, and th- there was a, a time where I was going through a rough period. Um, I, was, I was lonely. I didn't really have any friends at that time. Um, I actually ordered the book, The God Delusion, to, um, so I could read it and like, confirm what I believed. And that was before Amazon Prime. So it, um, <laughs> it took about a week or two to get to the house. <laughs> Within that, that couple of weeks, um, my brother invited me out to a kickball game and just, hey, you know, come hang out, just come have fun. And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I didn't really have any friends, so I went out to the kickball game. And within that two weeks, I had given my life to Christ. And so it was, it was really amazing, just the timing. But um, so, so I, I stopped, like, trying to argue with people about, about um, Christianity and faith. And I started to pursue and, and see God like come through in different areas of my life. And it was really cool. Thank you. All right, so content. What kind of makes up your testimony? And the first thing I want to talk about is transparency. That is one of the most important things about living a life that kind of shares the good news that's in you is being transparent. And last week, Pastor Peter said, he said, preach, and if necessary, use words. And, and Tim Keller says it this way, which is kind of the same thing, but a different way of saying it, which is, the only way to fail in sharing your faith is if you hide who you are. Because if Christ is essential to your life, then he is how you make decisions, he's how you get through difficulty, he's how you structure your week. And so really, just being open about who you are and how you face those problems and how you uh, uh, make the decisions in your life will tell people what you believe. And uh, uh, certainly the time comes where you need to actually tell your testimony. I'm not trying to say, you don't ever have to say anything. But I mean largely your life, your testimony. It's such a like scary thing, like, what's my testimony? Your life is your testimony. And to live in a transparent way that you don't have to be um, obnoxious and preachy, you just need to not hide who you, who you are, how God is changing you, the things that you do, and not to be embarrassed or ashamed of those things. So if the, essentially then, if the people around you, your coworkers, your neighbors, you know, your family that's not saved, if they don't know you're a Christian, there's really two possibilities then. Either Christ is not as essential as he ought to be in your life, where it's like, well, I'm not hiding anything, but I just, I I don't think to pray to make decisions, or that's not how I get through difficulty. Or you're just simply hiding and downplaying uh, how he moves and works in your life. So I want to encourage you today that your life is the most powerful testimony you have, and being transparent uh, with, with how you 
how Christianity has changed your view of even the world. It will be uh, something that speaks louder than, than most things we could uh, manufacture with words. But it's not only transparency with your life, it's also transparency when you go to share your story, when you go to say why it is you're a Christian. If you don't share the things that God changed in you or the reason you needed him, the sin that he saved you from, it's not a very powerful story, right? And we live in a culture where it's like we want to put our best self forward. You know, we live in an Instagram and Facebook culture where it's like, I only want to look like I'm always on vacation and at parties and that my children are perfect and never have tantrums. But that's not reality. And if we try to share our testimony in that way, then it loses its power. So transparency is such an important part of your testimony. And of the Christian faith, really, our faith, Christian faith is very open. It's about inviting people into your home, talking about your life, sharing your weaknesses. So uh, that is just the basis of this faith. So let's have Chelsea come up and share her coming to faith story. So for me, I thought that I could live a double life, and there were certain things that I wasn't willing to give up, and one of them was using drugs. I, it had been part of my life for so long that I didn't know how to live without it. And so I went to a rave, and I had done ecstasy tons of times, but for some reason when I took it, I didn't feel anything. So I took another one, still didn't feel anything, took another one, still didn't feel anything. And at this point, it was enough to kill me. Uh, but I didn't stop there. So I bought Molly off someone, and I knew as soon as I took it that I had made a mistake. I don't know how to explain it, but every I could feel every organ just like slowly shutting down. And my heart was getting slower and slower by the minute. I could barely breathe. And in the midst of that chaos, I just remember this voice asking me, is this the life that you want to live? And that was a really hard question because if I'm being honest, I didn't. I, I wanted to give in. I felt like I was dying and I just wanted to give up. And so thankfully, there was a small part of me that wanted to live. And so I answered the question and I said, no, this is not the life that I want to live. And immediately, my heart came back, and I could breathe again. And I knew that in that moment, that was God, that God had met me in my pigsty, that he met me in the darkest place of my life. And I knew at that moment, I couldn't live half in and half out, that I had to make a choice. And so that was when I gave my life to Christ, and I've been sober for seven years. <laughs> Isn't there something just so exciting and encouraging by hearing people's stories of where they were when God met them and, and the different ways that, that people discover faith? I love it. I want to spend just all day, just like, let's all go to lunch and everyone tell their stories. It's, it's the best. So let's look at the next component that makes up your testimony. And that's what I'm calling Jesus Simplicity. <clears throat> this is such a powerful verse that's pretty common in church, but it's in Revelations. It says, they triumphed over him, talking about the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb, Jesus' sacrifice, and the word of their testimony. Jesus, your testimony. Jesus, your testimony. That is how we overcome. 
simple. And I think that we can at times overcomplicate our testimony and our story because when you've been saved, for the longer you've been saved, the more you know and the more exciting things you know and the deeper things you know. And that is all wonderful and very good. But sometimes when we go to share our testimony with someone who doesn't even comprehend a faith, it seems bizarre. If you believe in this thing, in the atmosphere, what, we can maybe overcomplicate when we share our testimony, um, when we need to just remember that Jesus is who we need to point people to. So yes, we share our testimony, and it's, it's personal to us. We have to share experience, but we have to be careful not to overshare. Sometimes I think people just, it's like, here's everything, and the person leaves feeling very overwhelmed. They're just very like, I don't know what to do with that. But the hope of Jesus should come through at the end of your story. That, that we don't have to make it too complicated. It's about Jesus and how he changed you. Jesus and how he changed you. And um, I went, I was in a, on a missions trip one time in a third world country and we visited uh, an orphanage and there was a girl there that, she was young, like under 15. I'm not sure how old she was, but she had just recently been brought back to the orphanage because she had run away basically with a pimp, a guy that was gonna just prostitute her out and that, you know, that's how pimps work. They seduce young girls and they say, I love you, you're my girlfriend, I'll be your boyfriend, I'll take care of you, but you gotta do these things. And so she had just gone off with this guy and somehow they got her back, I don't remember how. But we stopped by this place and they said, please, will you come? They took, picked a few of us, they're like, will you just go and talk to her? Like, we don't know what to say to her. Like, we don't want her to keep going off and, and choosing this life, it's gonna be terrible for her. And, you know, she, the girl claimed to be a Christian. I don't, you know, know what that meant exactly. But so we went into this room and everyone was just kind of like saying whatever they could think of to say. And everything they were saying was wonderful, but it was just like so much, so many words, so many scriptures, so many examples, so many. And, and you know, sh she was just like looking down the whole time and seemed, you know, unaffected by any of it. And so then it, it landed on me at the end. They're like, Asan, what do you have to say? And all I said was, something to the effect of, your life has value and Jesus cares about what happens to you. And he wants so much more from your life than this. Can I pray with you that you will feel him as your father? And she burst into tears and held me and we just cried and prayed together. And I don't share that story because it's like, look how smart I was, that was a prophetic word. You know why I said that? Because I had no idea what else to say to her. I don't, what do I know about what kind of life she's been through, the things she's gone through? What am I gonna say? And everything everyone had said was wonderful. Nothing they said was wrong. But I think sometimes we forget. It's just Jesus, just point them to the love of Jesus and how that's affected you. And, and we can lose that simplicity sometimes when we you know, learn more and grow more and we're excited about the new things we're learning. But when it comes to your testimony, Jesus needs to be the center of that story and the hero. And it's interesting because there's no other religion that you can say, just look at the founder. If you just look at the founder, study his life, study what he says, you don't need to know anything else about that religion. There's no other religion you can say that about. Any other religion, you can see the, the, the founder, but you have to study the religion. In Christianity, if all you do is study the life of Jesus and get to know Jesus, you need to know nothing else about Christianity. And we need to remember that in our testimonies. <clears throat> so let's hear from Emily. 
I didn't grow up in a perfect home, but nobody has the perfect home. Um, but I never really had a Christian mother and family, but I never felt like I experienced God for myself. I never had a true revelation of him. And as I got older, I got further and further away from God. I was a very ch a child filled with doubt and fear, and I questioned myself and everyone around me, really. And the older I got, the more my walls went up. And I just started to get further away. And I, when I was in my late teens, I started partying, hanging out with the wrong people. I was using um, alcohol and things like that to mask the pain and the insecurities that I had in my life. And I did that for years. And eventually, I realized this is not how I want to live. And I remember just thinking every bed and night how empty and hopeless I felt. And I assumed that was because that's how I was living. And so I thought, I'm going to change my life but I don't need anyone or anything to help me. And so I did, I changed my life. I did all the things that as an adult you're supposed to do. I went to college, I had a great job. I got myself financially stable. I stopped hanging out with those people. And the more I did, I got into volunteering and activism and all these things, but I still went to bed every night with that feeling and I could not shake it. And I, I didn't understand why and I kept thinking, why do I feel this way? I'm like a good person to the world, but I could not shake that feeling. So one day, my cousin Aslan invited me to her open group for women, and I went mainly to reconnect with her. I had no interest in the Christianity aspect of it, but I was a new mother, and I wanted to be around other women my age, and I quickly became the girl that had all the doubts, all the concerns, all the questions, and her and David spent many, many nights with me, probably till like midnight, going through all the things that I questioned. And they just kept encouraging me to keep looking, to keep searching, that you will have your revelation if you keep pursuing him. And so I read every Tim Keller book they recommended. He's great. And I started coming back to Northwest. And everything changed for me one Sunday, a couple months in, when I was sitting here. It's funny that it happened this Sunday because I was actually offended about something that was said. And I was sitting there, like, annoyed. But I had this great... God, for the first time, spoke to me at the age of 27, and he said, Emily, I've been waiting for you. And he said a lot of other things to me, too, and I just was crying hysterically. I looked probably crazy. This wasn't during worship or ministry. I was just in the middle of the sermon, crying my eyes out. Um, but I gave my life to Christ that day, and I no longer have that empty feeling that I had for all those years. Love it. The last, the last component I think that is in your testimony is that it takes bravery. And the second part of that verse is they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Now, I do need to say it, it feels, uh, I don't know, it feels off to be like, it takes bravery in America to share your faith. Because I do think it does. But, when you, but there are other parts of the world, many other places in the world, where you will be killed for your faith, thrown into prison, terrible, terrible things will happen to you. So, you know, it feels a little like, oh gosh, if someone is watching from one of those countries and they're like, y'all think it takes bravery? But it does, it takes bravery on a large scale. So for some people, that means actually losing their life. And here in Orlando, it really, probably the most it means is social ridicule. Um, and, and I don't say that like it's nothing. I'm not trying to like guilt us like, well, people are dying, so you shouldn't care. But we do care, right? We care about what people think about us. We care about losing friendships. We care about, um, 
you know, being marginalized. So I, I say that in sincerity and not in a way to make us feel guilty, but it does take some, for us, a small measure of bravery and for others, a large amount of bravery. But it does take bravery to share your testimony because uh, there is something about the message of Christ, and it says this in the scriptures, uh, that causes a reaction from people, that people will hate it. People, it doesn't matter your background, your race, uh, where you're raised, that, that either you experience Christ and he changes your life or there's something in you that reacts. So here in Orlando, you know, when you share, if your coworkers or your neighbors really knew what you believed, like that you really believe this, that, that Christ came and died for your sins and, and totally uh, changed your eternity, most people, the reaction would be like dumbfounded. Like, I didn't know anyone passed a third a great education would actually believe something like that. Or, or sometimes it can get kind of hostile and it makes people angry because uh, it is not politically correct in our culture now to create binaries. You know, if you, if you say something is absolutely true, like the, then that's a binary. And they say, you can't, make, you, can't, you can't set binaries. You can't set absolute truths. That's, that's wrong. It's hurtful. And so it, it doesn't go over well when you say, well, I, I believe Christianity uh, is the truth. So it does take a measure, a small measure of bravery to kind of put yourself out there in that, that setting where, where perhaps you'll be uh, ridiculed or lose a friendship or someone might actually get very angry towards you. But I'll just say this, that uh, someone risked, risked social ridicule to invite you. And so I would, I would hope that we would do the same, you know, and there's been moments I've been very disappointed and, and had to ask the Lord to forgive me because there were moments I knew was my moment and I didn't take it because I was, you know, afraid of, that I'd be the only one in the room with a different opinion. And there's times I have reached out and taken those steps. Uh, so I've done both. I've failed at it many times and, and I've, I've obeyed God many times, but um, I'm grateful that he does it. He doesn't give up on me. We always have a new opportunity to, to have a bit of bravery and, and share our testimony to the world around us. So I'll have the last lone person on stage with me. This is Luke Boyce, and he has grown up in this church. I remember when he was born. I was really, really super young, like a kid, you know. But I remember it. I uh, well, do remember when he was born. And I wanted to have someone like Luke specifically because the most common type of person I hear that like, I don't really have a testimony, I don't know what it is, it's are people who are raised in the church. And I, and I myself have said this over the years, like I don't have a testimony, or if we're talking to someone and if someone's asking us of our faith, I'll always be like, David, you share, you share, because your testimony is more exciting, you know what I mean? And I think that the, the trouble that we fall into if you're someone here that's been raised in church and you're like, yeah, I got saved at a young age and I've kind of always walked with God, is we haven't taken the time to deconstruct our stories to really figure out like this was the point when I felt God speak to me or this is the moment when I realized, okay, that was my parents' religion, but now I'm making this my faith. Like th those moments have happened for you if you're here because if, you're just, if you were just in a church and it was your parents' faith, when you go to college, when you live on your, you're not coming back if it's not. Uh, what you believe. So, so even if you were raised in the Christian church, you still have a testimony. You have those moments where God changed you. It, I just think it takes more effort because if, if you have a wild testimony, like I you know, was with every human on earth, I took all the drugs in the world and God literally massaged my heart back to life like Chelsea, it's like, wow, like that's your automatic like moment, but it can be a little trickier if you've been raised in the church, but you still have a testimony. So Luke, why don't you share? So um, 
like you said, I've always, I was raised in the church, and, and being raised in the church, I've, I just believed in God, because that's what my parents taught me, and I didn't have a reason not to believe them, um, and also, I knew all the stories, I knew what I was supposed to do, but I didn't, I just didn't want to, um, so what that ended up doing was getting me in a lot of trouble, because I, I mean, I just did the wrong thing because I wanted to. Um, I was also super angry as a kid, um, so much that if my mom came home uh, and said, hey Luke, when your TV show's done, could you turn it off and then come help me with something real quick? I would get so mad that I would stop watching my TV show and go argue and fight with her. And I mean, I, I fought with my brothers, my sister, my dad, friends at school. I mean, I, I got in so much trouble at school, I've, I got in school suspension more times than I can count. Um, it was just, I was a horrible kid. And um, I was grounded all the time, had no privileges at home. I basically had to live in my room. And when I walked out to go get food or go to the bathroom or something, they had to turn off the TV because I couldn't watch it. <laughs> and so, I mean, I just got to the point where I felt like there's nothing, like I, I, I had nothing else. Like I just, I was done with it. I didn't want to be in trouble all the time. I didn't want to, to, I mean, just be the way I was. I wanted to actually be a good person. And so I figured I'd give this Jesus guy a try that I knew so much about from the years in church. And I mean, as, as soon as I started pursuing a relationship with God um, for myself, not just for what my, like what my parents believed, but once I actually had a relationship with him myself, my anger and my, I mean, just getting in trouble just started to fade away. Um, as my relationship with God grew, it's just, it was amazing. Thank you. So if, if you more identify with Luke of like, yeah, I've kind of always grown up in church and I've never really felt like I have a testimony, you do have a testimony. You just need to take the time to, to think through it. Think through your life. What were the moments? Why are you still here? What, what was the time? What is it that God saved you from? And because that verse doesn't say, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. If it's really exciting and cool because they seemed really, really bad before. But that's the only way it'll change someone is if you can like shock them into, that doesn't say that. Your testimony. How has God changed you? Why did you need him? And whether you think it sounds so exciting or not, that, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about me being faithful to say what God has done um, to change me and why I believe that he's real. So I'm gonna end with this story, uh, a recent testimony, um, and I just wanna issue this challenge. If you, so, so most of you, if you're a Christian here, you, you, you may think, okay, I have my coming to faith story, my good news story of how I discovered Christ, but I don't know that I've had a testimony, a recent testimony for the last week, the last month, the last year. And I wanna encourage you to take some risks to step out and push yourself. I don't mean the kind of risk of like, okay, I'll get drunk and drive home drunk, and if I don't die, that's my new, no, not being dumb. I'm saying take risks with, with being more generous with your money, maybe taking more of a social risk and saying, okay, Lord, you start your day, you're like, I am gonna share my testimony today at some point. Help me, Lord, give me the opportunity. I really wanna share my testimony today. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna step out, I'm gonna share with someone, so, you know, Bring me the right person or, I, or it's gonna end up being the public's cashier, you know, whatever. So um, recently, as Pastor Peter explained, we've been doing this build campaign 
And um, so we started it a little over two years ago. And if you were here for that, you remember at church on Sunday, they said, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna start saving to buy a new building. And you may, if you're newer, you may look around this room and think, well, gosh, we can fit more seats in here. Like, let's just keep filling up this building. But it's not really about this building, it's about the other rooms. The kids' church is packed, nursery's packed, and the parking lot's packed, so we can't really even just have one service because there's nowhere to park all our cars. So we were like, okay, we believe it's time to, to move to a new place. And so they, the, the pastor said, okay, come back tonight after church. Come to a meeting at 7. If you want to be a part of the build campaign, we'll, we'll uh, talk about tonight, and you can make your pledge. So Dave and I left and, you know, had lunch. And then before coming back that night, we're like, okay, let's talk about what we're going to give uh, to this campaign. And so I really believed and felt that the Lord was asking me to give up my salary. I work here. I a pastor, but I've also do, do the administration stuff. And so I told David, I was like, okay, I think just for the first year, I didn't feel like it was for three years. I was like, the first year, it's kind of like the first fruits of that. So I'm like, I think that I should just give up my salary. They'll just take what I make each week and transfer it straight into savings and just not even give me a paycheck. And we'll go down to living with one income. Uh, and so <laughs> to his credit, he didn't, say any, he didn't say, no, we can't. He just like sat there wide-eyed looking at his food. He's like, okay, let, let me think about it. And so he sat, so we talked through it. And I was like, I don't know. I just, it's not like I'm wanting to. I just, I know, I really believe this is what God is challenging us to do. We like roughly ran the numbers. And I'm like, sure, if we cancel and cut off some things and don't take vacations, like we can do it. We can live off your salary and just have no frills. And let, let's give this first year to God completely, my whole salary, and then the following two years, we'll pray about uh, what we think he's asking us to do. So he did it, so he's like, okay, if this is what God's asking you to do, I'm not gonna say no, so let's do it. So we started that next week and made the adjustments and went down to one income, and then the following two years, we prayed, and we're still taking a percentage. I'm taking a percentage of my paycheck, and the rest is still going to the building until it's done uh, in January. Yes, it's coming. So anyways, all that to say, I had to lay that foundation to say, we recently, the start of this year, decided it was time to sell our house. We'd lived there for over 10 years, but we really felt like, okay, it's time to move to another side of town. So it's time. Um, and so we sold our house, and we needed to pay back. Some, some people had gifted us equity to be able to buy a home when we first were married, so we needed to get that settled, and so we paid that back. So anyways, the end of the story is that when uh, the money we were left with, that we kept, I didn't think about it, we just put it in our account and went into our next house, but I was signing on Realm. Does anyone tithe on Realm on our online portal? I was signing in to get my year, end of year statement, and at the bottom they have what you pledged, what you've given so far, and what you've pledged for the three-year campaign. And the amount we pledged for the three-year campaign was the exact amount we kept, we got out of the sale of our house. Is that crazy? That's a testimony. It's not crazy. It's a testimony. And you could be like, well, that's a coincidence. You know what? That's a testimony. That's a testimony of God reminding us and saying, see, I see you. I see what you're doing, and I'm honoring that. And there were so many things that have happened in the last two years that could add to that of blessings that have come. But even just seeing that God's like, you gave what felt very risky uh, felt risky to ask and gave this amount and he's like here it is the exact amount we haven't even finished giving yet come January the exact amount is what um, we ended up with and so that I want to encourage you if you're like man I just 
don't know that I have a testimony from anything recent, take a risk this week. Take a risk the next couple months and see. Maybe the risk for you is you've come to this church for a while and you've never joined a small group because you have to give up another night of the week. That's crazy. Maybe that feels like a risk. But say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you six months. I'll give you three months. I'm gonna join a group and see if I see the difference in my life by, by, by being a part of a community. Or maybe your risk is going on the men's encounter on Saturday. If you've never been, you're like, that seems crazy. I don't wanna be with men all day, you know, learning about God, I don't even know what that means. Maybe that's the risk you should take this week in order to have a testimony, to have a new experience with God. So, or maybe you wanna join the build campaign. You're like, well, I missed the boat, but I'll start my three years now. Do it, I don't know, but take some risk in order to put yourself out there to say, okay, this is an opportunity for God to come through. For me to say like, look, this is how I see God in my life. This is how I see him still confirming the things that we're doing because this came through and I would have never guessed that that would have happened. Let's stand and we'll pray together. God, I thank you that you came and gave your life, you forever gave up forever gave up that place you had in, in, in heaven to come take a body of a man be that sacrifice and although you're back in heaven now you still have that form you gave that up to save humanity and that, that God you still carry this human body in so what, however that looks in heaven that's how much you loved us that you came, you sacrificed and you forever carry that mark, forever carry that image in order to save us that we might be brought into the story. So Lord, I pray for everyone here that if they have ever felt like, gosh, I don't know my testimony, I don't really have one, I don't know how to share it, I don't know what to do. Lord, we thank you that you have done it all and we just need to be faithful to share our story to put the pieces together of what you've done for us. And we pray right now for our unsaved family members and friends and neighborhood. Lord, we want to see them come to you. We want to be a part of their story. That when they're one day saying how they discovered you, that you would be a part of it. We would be a part of it. Because we invited them over for dinner or spent time with them or gave them good books to read. Lord, help us build your kingdom, God. We know that it takes your sacrifice, your Holy Spirit, but it takes us doing our part. Lord, we thank you for Orlando. We thank you for our families, and we want to see them changed, forever changed, their eternity changed. And we thank you, God, that you've given us a good news story. Help us, Lord, have moments to share it. Help us have the boldness to share it. Help us live our lives in a way that shows that you are real that we're different thank you God we give you this week Lord we give it to you and I pray to hear that we'll hear lots of new testimonies of risks that we're taking for you in Jesus name Amen